Hey, welcome to Real Talk, episode 121. I'm Todd. This is AJ. And we're back. I'm back. Yeah, we are we are actually back this week. I know, we returned from a a battle oh, man. with a, you know some kind of some sort of stomach that thing. Was a I tough believe. day, man. Yeah. That was I won't lie, guys. I was first off, I was I was in a lot of pain. I will say that. You know, I, I my stomach, it's been a long time since I felt that kind of stomach pain. You know, I when I was like 11 or 12, I had to go get blood work done one time because of a stomach infection I had or some sort of stomach. I don't know what happened, but I had something done with my stomach and I had to get blood work done and it was a miserable week. That was probably one of the closer pains in my stomach I've had since that since that time when I was a kid. So yeah. How long did that last total? That was, it was probably... No, I meant this one like you had. Yeah, the, the latest one. I would say it was it was probably like around 24 hours. It was just thought. a terrible 24-hour little stomach flu sort of deal. It was, it sucked, man. It was terrible. Yeah, man, I was worried about you for real. <laughs> it, there was a lot of pain, man, and I felt completely out of it. I was I was drained. A couple, you know, the days following that, I felt weak and just super out of it just because of the lack of hydration because I wasn't able to keep anything down. So, yep, it's been a journey getting back, but here I am. Yeah, so it, it, it was crazy because it was really the day of. Like, you were dressed up, ready yes. for real talk. and I was ready to uh, go. Came down, and that was a true story I told where I saw you laying in a, in a dark bathroom on the floor looking at the ceiling. Yep, I was sad. Yeah, man, I get it. <laughs> but I just mean, I, that's when I knew you are in trouble. So I'm glad, I'm thankful uh, that you're feeling better. Good Thanks, man. Back. It is good to be back. I Thanks, missed you guys. Yeah, thankful for Brandon stepping in for us. It was a good yeah. show. Thanks uh, so much, Brandon. If you guys didn't get a chance to check that out, I think you should. I think there's some good stuff in there. There was some good stuff in there, guys. Make sure you go back and watch it if you haven't. Um, so, yeah, we're back. What's Real Talk? In case it's your first episode ever. If it is, welcome. Real Talk is an e- not an episode. Real Talk is an opportunity. An open table, a forum, you might say, Ooh. to discuss life, God, the Bible, and everything in between and where those things intersect. We hope to be a place that you can ask the questions that you might feel uncomfortable asking, you know, publicly to your pastor at your church. Um, you know, and if you are not a Christian, but maybe you're interested and you have questions that you feel like no one will answer, hmm. you know, this could be the place. So there's a link somewhere in the description of this video or this podcast or something. That's right. And the link is www.theremnant dot life slash real that's r-e-a-l dash talk click that link go down to submit a question type your question in hit submit it goes into our anonymous database completely anonymously i know that's redundant but it's true yes could find if we tried that's right we in the interest of transparency we have not gotten a new question comment or concern since June is June. June 8th. June 8th, guys. So that is the longest. That's a record. That is the longest we have not gotten a question or a comment or a topic. It seems you guys have completely figured out life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, or they just don't even, there's no one. It's just, we're just listening to ourselves every week. Um, so yeah, guys, listen, you know, yes, this, the show, the podcast has turned into also just discussion and, and us bringing up things that we see Yeah, and we're wrestling with our own faith, which is definitely, we're cool with. Yeah. And I think there's benefits to that, but it's also fun. we don't want to get away from, we always want there to be at least the opportunity um, for people to ask those questions yes. because there's been a lot of fruit from that. There's people that we know personally whose lives have been impacted because they started 
first by asking an anonymous question. That's right, man. It's part of the show. Yeah, part so, of it. So you know, if it isn't, that's okay. But we all we're gonna bring it up every week because we we never want to lose that. No. So that's it, man. So we're probably a little mentally exhausted because we had a real talk. I don't know why we do this for about forty-five minutes before we filmed. <laughs> yeah. Um, we probably won't even discuss any of those things, really. Maybe. Oh, um, yeah. Um, so, guys, we live this out. You know, we, we live our lives having these kinds of discussions because what is life, right? That's the great question. The great question that humanity has wrestled with and dealt with since time began, right? The ancient philosophers all the way up to now is what is life? What is the meaning of life? What does it look like? And as Christians, you know, I think the, the, the question becomes a little different. It becomes... Okay, we know where life is found. We know what life is. We have what Jesus has told us is eternal life. What yes. does that look like in the here and now? Right now, that's right. You know? So that's that's where we're at. It's, dude, it's it's such a, you know, like you said, reference in that conversation, man. It's so, you realize that I think a big part of why Jesus told us that the path is truly narrow is because I don't think people can grasp what, what you just said. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like I like you said, we can have it's like we have this equation, right? And we have all you know, we have, you know, part of the equation is why, you know, why why we need this. It's it's essentially it's like the gospel. Like like the equation is the gospel, you know, and a lot of people, you know, those of you who are listening or watching who, who you know, claim to be a Christian, I think you guys know that. You guys know the gospel. You've heard the gospel. But I don't think a lot of us really think about what the gospel looks like every day in our lives, you know? And day to day. That's yeah. right. And the you know, the application of what we claim to follow, you know, we claim to follow Jesus. What is that every day? And I don't think we have a good grasp of that a lot of the time. And it makes me wonder if, if that is part of the narrow, you know. It's good, man. And and I just said I don't know if we'll end up referencing what we talked about, but that was kind yeah. of the, one of the last things we talked about. You know, is if you're a Christian out there, I think the challenge for Christians sometimes, one of the many, right? But for us personally is because we know the way, the truth, and the life. That's know, right. We, we, we live in that truth. We don't really think about, and I know you said this, but I, I'm trying to really stress it because I think it's a great point. We don't really think about what does that mean? Yes. Okay. What does it mean Sounds for like a me question, but it's not. every single moment of every single day? to walk this out because there should be a difference in the way that I live my life versus people who don't. And that can sound like a heavy weight or a depressing thing. It's not. It's more of, okay, we already say we believe this. Mm-hmm. How, what does that look like? That's right, what does man. that look like? You know, we brought up, what does it look like talking to the gas station attendant? Do I? What does it look like in the way that we present our body language? That's a big one that I've been convicted about with Christians. Boy, we look so grumpy sometimes. <laughs> yep. And I'm like, why? You so know? true. <laughs> So that's a great point. And that's that's what we personally talk about in our conversations. I bet probably 75% of our friend conversations when it's just all of us is is wrapped around some aspect of like, man, this is hard or this is yes. interesting or this is crazy cool how this stuff happens. Mm-hmm. And you know what, man? That might sound depressing to some of you guys, but there's tons of laughter and yeah. fun in the midst of that. But to me... Yeah, that's where life is. I say, you know, we say we believe this. The truth is, I said this right before we went on, you know, if Jesus is who he said he was, we've all heard the sayings, but if Jesus is who he said he was, then that should change every aspect of our lives. I mean, it, it, it is life altering. 
if it doesn't do that, if we don't have a desire, and I'm not talking about sin management here even, right? I'm talking about the way we even interact with life. Yeah, man. You know, like I said to you guys before, if this, if that isn't true, if it's not truly, if we're not empowered to live differently, able to live differently, choosing to live differently, if we don't really believe this stuff, then honestly, we're just following a philosophy of a dead lunatic, right? And yep. I said this to you guys, it sounds terrible, but, you know, at le- Buddha didn't say he was a god. So at least I could go, okay, well, this philosopher just might as well go follow that. Right. Jesus never claimed to be a philosopher. He said, I am the son of God. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You know, no one will get to the Father except through me. And it's like, man, because I, I, you know, I reference a lot C.S. Lewis's quote. I've been told that I do not say it correctly. <clears throat> the actual quote is, he is a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. It's alliteration. I say son of God so people understand what that means. Right. Um, but I think even liar, you know, I think a liar is going to, in the face of persecution and great pain, He's going to confess the truth. That's right. <laughs> so I think on the cross, he would have said, hey, I lied. Just take me down. Um, or yeah. when he's getting hit with a whip or whatever. Exactly. A lunatic might. I'll give you that. A lunatic might do that, right? They, yeah. But they don't, lunatics don't rise from the dead. Right? You're right. Dead yes, lunatics, lunatics do so not rise from the dead. Jesus, you know, the historical facts even. So we have to deal with that, and we need to wrestle with that. You know, so good, do, man. Do you live? Do you, do you do you live your life as though Christianity is a philosophy, or do you live your life as Christianity is the only way to life, narrow, like you said, and that we are following a living God? I don't know. I don't know. It's know? good, man. Sometimes I think I do some of the first. I don't think we should. You know. So that that's that's really what the show's about, man. We just talking right. that out, and um, hopefully, being courageous enough. To speak about the things the church doesn't want to speak about. Yeah, man. And half the reason the church doesn't speak about them publicly is because of the flack they're going to get from the world. I mean, bottom line, right? Last few episodes of Real Talk, not intentionally, but we've we've mentioned um, ha- it, certain parts have been around. Oh my goodness, I don't even know what the actual word is. I keep thinking transhumanism. What is it? Transsexual, right? That's the actual phrase. Transsexual, homosexuality, yeah. LGBTQ. There's something else added to it now, it's right? An a, is it plus is there or an something a at the end or something. Yeah, and I'm um, not mocking it. Here's my yeah. point. The reason we're even talking about it isn't really because we're that interested in that. It's just because those things become, as Christians, like it's not what they are about. It's when people try to change the word of God. To make that more comfortable, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, so, for instance, a lot of the church doesn't want to talk about that, or maybe the church doesn't want to talk about sin, or maybe the church doesn't want to talk about forgiveness of sin, like real forgiveness. So I don't know, man. Trying um, to put seasoning on a steak that's going to be heavy either way, man. It's going to be nice. hard to chew on. It's pretty good. <laughs> um, tougher than a two dollar steak. That's right. Shout out, Jr. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, I think that, yeah, that's what it's about, man, yeah. for me anyway. And some people, I don't know, I do think a lot of Christians are just sleepwalking, you know, that we do, they don't want to think about those things. No, and then man. they wonder why church and faith feels and dead. And life is heavy. And, yeah. yeah, man. And, like, you know, I like that you mentioned the whole sin management thing because, like, you know, we, we'll, we'll mention this every once in a while, but I think it's so important. And the reason why is because I don't think Jesus, I don't think Jesus is, view of us being lights in the world these these little 
these little hills, you know, city on hills, you know, trying to bring light and be a beacon. You know, I don't think we do that with sin management. You know, I don't think he was thinking, you know, this is how you're going to stick out. <laughs> well, sin management is going to ultimately fail. Yeah. Right? And what do we mean by sin management? It means that hyper-focus on, uh, I mean, the, the entire crux of our faith becomes not doing sin, really just not doing sin, man- mm-hmm. managing sin, not even necessarily freedom of it, just like, mm-hmm. okay, I don't want to sin quite as much. I don't want, you know, and I think that the call is more than that. That's right. What, what you're, if anything, you're not even sticking out from the world that whole lot. No, everybody try. I mean, to a degree, anything, right? You're like, you're following the law. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and then there's we're going to have the, the grumpy Christians out there, grumpy church leaders going, they're saying sin doesn't matter. No, man, I'm saying yep. you, you probably worship sin. Jesus that's all you think about. Sin. Yeah. yeah. Clearly, if you watch this show long enough, you're going to know that we think that, you know, the fruit of a, of a Christian is going to show the, the reality of their faith, you know. So I actually just read this verse today in Philippians 3, I think it's 12 through 15. I'm paraphrasing mm-hmm. here. But, you know, Paul said that. He said, listen, I'm not perfect. Okay, the call is not, you know, it's not to, to be perfect on my own. I know I'm not perfect, but I'm going to try to be perfect, right? Because of Jesus took a hold of me, I'm going to try to keep up with him and do what he told me to do. Amen. And I'm going to forget the past and strive for the future. And I think that's a constant thing, right? When you're a believer, when you sin and mess up, sometimes the consequences continue for a while. But we have to live in the, you know, you can't sit there and beat yourself up or live in that shame constantly because that doesn't move you forward as a disciple. Mm. You know, you learn from it and you you walk in humility and you repent. Repent means turn away. You apologize. You try to make right the best you can and then you let it go and move forward because to do anything more than that is to make light of the cross. Amen, you're trying dude. to make up for something that you can't make up for. Well, that's it. Yeah, man. So anyway, that's the gist of it, man. I guess, you know, you didn't get a chance to last week, mm-hmm. but just want to give you the opportunity, you know, anything going on in your life, anything you've been wrestling with, <laughs> chewing on, since we referenced Eating that. my steak. Um, yeah, yeah. So this will be kind of a, a catch-up in a way uh, from last week going into this week. So I know that, you know, one thing that I've been doing every day is journaling my feelings. You know, it's part of, you know, our Lionheart uh, program that you guys have heard us reference before. You know, one of the challenges is, is journaling, you know, your emotions every day and how you feel and just getting a thought out there, you know, so you can be, you know, in touch with yourself. So, so you're not acting out of them all the time. Right. So, yeah. you know, I, you know, and one of my, my latest one, I was talking about how, you know, I am so I'm so thankful for what I am a part of in ministry and being a part of this church and being able to just have these, you know, it's it's truly an honor and a privilege to be able to be a part of, you know, some of the things that go on here that people don't even get to hear about or they don't, you know, they're not here for, you know, and that's we've had stories before of just being able to help people, you know, give people rides, give people the opportunity to, you know, just have an ear for a little bit, you know, when, when they needed it. Um, and, you know, just at, and, uh, you know, they were always at inopportune times, but that's how God works. And it's special because people don't just get to have that access. Hmm. And it's so incredible to be a part of, but I realized that, man, even though it is a blessing and I can see that it can be draining. <laughs> and, uh, 
you know, we kind of had a little bit of a wild week with, you know, just <laughs> a couple of instances of, you know, just random events occurring, you know, and it kind of throws you off and it kind of throws you for a loop. And, you know, it kind of, you know, initially you can think, man, this is cool because it is cool. And like, you're like, man, you talk about like how you can get stuck in the motions of everyday life. Like this threw that out the window <laughs> and that's exciting. And I think that's part of the adventure of being a Christian and being in ministry. And I love that. Um, but, you know, in this week, you know, we had that happen multiple times and mm. I'm not even mad about it. I'm not upset. I'm not like, man, I wish this didn't happen because they all were so fruitful in their own way. And I think that, you know, we were, I'm able to learn what ministry is through all that. But man, I just, from a human, like from a human side, it's just draining. You know, I, I've, re, I've noticed that I'm just kind of low on energy <laughs> mm. and, you know, I think I think when it comes to having a schedule and having you know a consistent a consistent life as far as like how things go I think that that can kind of give you energy in some instances cuz you know it's coming and you yep. can and you're ready for it and you can prepare for it. And then, you know, when you have these other things occur that you didn't expect, you know, I think that it gives you an initial like excitement, but you quickly realize, especially when multiple things happen, that it's just extra. And when it's extra, it, it pulls from you. And, you know, so I guess, you know, not to ramble, but I think I'm just kind of wrestling right. through, like, how I feel because I'm so thankful, but I'm also so drained. <laughs> and I've been trying to catch up. And, you know, like I said, I, got, I was sick. So, you know, I, I, you know, I was still trying to catch up from that. And so... And then having all those things happen. And I realized that even in the midst of me feeling drained, you know, I think a lesson that God's trying to teach me here is that, you know, feelings aside, hmm. whether you're drained or whether you're on an emotional high of a moment of where you didn't expect things to happen, there was fruit from it, fruit from it, you know, you can still be thankful for me. You know, I can still be thankful for God. And I can still, at the end of the day, go, man... I didn't I don't deserve to be where I am, but mm. God has given me this. And so through being drained, through the emotional highs of all this stuff, Jesus is there. God is there. And they love me for who for what they've done with me, for who they know I am, not for who I think I am or how I feel in those moments. Who's they? They love me. Oh, uh, like God. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, you know. It's interesting that you said they. I've never heard you do anyone do that. Okay. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. I guess. I guess to explain that, just a little quick side note. I think sometimes, like, I'll say Father and Jesus. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So, like, you know, like, I just want to clarify for the crowd. <laughs> yeah. No, that, there good. is one God. <laughs> yeah. Trent, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. I, didn't, yeah, I just. Say, I just. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't, so, it was interesting. Yeah. Yes. So I think I sometimes, I'll, like, even in my prayers, yeah, I mean, I'll I say, like, it. yeah, like, Father, and I'm like, you know, Father, thank you for, you know, thank you for this day. I'm like, you know, Jesus, thank you for what you've done for me. You know, I don't know if that's weird, but. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, I mean, <coughs> now I feel like we've got to address that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, listen, you know, I'll tell you a difference in my prayer. So when I pray, I don't know, man, I, I guess your heart, you know, you're, 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 you're praying to God in the ways that he interacts with us, you know. So when I pray, I tend to pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. But I reference, so at the end, um, but 
I and I get that just from specifically the Lord's Prayer, which interesting we're going to talk about. Yeah, um, this is cool. But I think that I mean I think your heart clearly you don't believe there's multiple gods. No, <laughs> I only say that for those out there that are listening that may not be Christians. So you know, Trinity is an interesting thing. Um, but I think that in a weird way, man, I think it's cool that you like want to recognize the you know I guess in your mind the sacrifice is sort of represented in Jesus, right? And the and what you've been given and all that through the Father. So I, I think it, yeah, man, it was just interesting. Sorry. No, that's fine. I, I, I don't want to take away from your main point. It was just really interesting. And I always try to think if I was listening on a podcast, I'd be going, well, who's they? Is he talking about, like, the guys? or No, I, pr- I actually appreciate it because I don't want to sound like I'm contradicting myself. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't think it. I certainly, <laughs> to be clear, I don't think you contradict yourself at all. It was more of genuinely. It was interesting. It was interesting. And I don't even, yeah, it's interesting. Okay. So nice. anyway, going on. <laughs> um, yeah, man. So like, I guess, yeah, I think, I think a big, like a big lesson I learned from all that was just being thankful through like anything, you know, like, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's good or bad, you know, or just meh in, in the middle, like you should always be thankful. You know, I know I had a very emotional week. When it came to, you know, I cried like multiple times last week because I was just thinking about where I came from and where I am now and, you know, where I've been placed. And it's just incredible. Like, it doesn't make any sense, man. And, like, when I actually think about it and I take a step back, like, it makes me want to cry because I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for all of this and being able to, you know, talk to all of you about Jesus every mm-hmm. single week. And being able to, you know, be a, you know, have a family, you know, and I don't know, man. It's just so, it overwhelms me. When I actually put myself there, it over, overwhelms me to the point where I cry. I cry every single time <laughs> because I'm like, I, I don't, I would have never expected to be here. And mm. how I was living right before all this happened in my life was not anywhere near here where I am. And, and that's how I know it's God. That's how I know God plucked me out of, you know, he plucked me out of hell, essentially. Hmm. And was like, yeah, I'm going to use you for who you really are. <laughs> and I don't know, Awful, man, man. It's, it's overwhelming in the best way. You know, I, that's, I try to tell people that, too. Like, like anytime I mention when I'm talking about this specifically, you know, I'm overwhelmed in, in the best way possible when, when I talk about crying over that because it's just... Those are the moments where I, I can I actually feel I, I I can feel how real it is, it, and it just I don't know it overtakes me. So I guess you know to keep it short short as I can, you know that's kind of where I, where I've been at, you know just in a in a thought process of being thankful through all of it, you know, and even like the conversation we had before we went on was convicting too, like you know. I had those experiences, and since then, I've I've definitely had moments of like unbelief. Still, <laughs> sure, know? I think that's going to be in life, right? Yep. And so, like, how do I work Throughout through that? And, you know, how real is it? So, yeah, I think that's kind of where I'm at. It's uh, you know, one of the things I really relate. Well, first off, thanks for sharing that. And generally, yeah. I know that's pretty transparent. I think there's a lot of good stuff in there, to, like for people to chew on. Um, one of the areas that I relate with you, and I think I actually think you might be better at recognizing it is the idea of, okay, I'm overwhelmed. 
I'm, I'm exhausted, right? Emotionally exhausted. Cause that's, that's a real thing. Yeah. Uh, and it can feel, end up feeling physically exhausted. <laughs> so, and I, I think in, in our country, cause we're Americans, right? Or we tend to glorify the idea of you just keep going. Right. Yeah. And, and so when I say this, I want you to understand, I'm, I'm not saying this in that kind of like, <laughs> we all go, yeah, it's hard. You know, being a workaholic is wrong, but deep down, even in the church, we're like, but it's actually what a cool, cool quality. I don't think, I don't think <laughs> yeah. it's a good quality. I think it's disobedient. You know, Jesus command, you know, God commands us um, to rest um, as always. So at times, I think people use that as an excuse, but there is an extreme. The other side that uses, yes. they use some people use an excuse not to do anything because it's me, me, me. That's not what God said. Because um, sometimes you're going to serve when you're tired, but there is something about a day of rest that's some time to rest. All of that to say, where you mentioned of being like, man, one thing after another, um, I don't recognize it, I think, as well as you do. I just recognize the symptoms of when I'm there. <laughs> um, but one of the things, so I relate to that, that I've pondered a lot is whenever I look at Jesus, I try to, I've thought a lot about, imagine being him, okay? So, he bare minimum has 12 guys following him all the time. Bare minimum. Okay, and most of the time, if we're honest, there's a reason they say disciples and apostles, you know, the people following him, there was probably more around. Like maybe they weren't close around, but there's more, right? Yeah. He's constantly being asked for things, especially as his ministry goes on, answering questions, having to argue, pouring out, people asking for help, and he continues to do it in love and grace. So I kept saying, okay, he's fully God and fully man. How is he doing it, right? Because part of the reason Jesus came here was to model for us how we can live. And the thing I've seen, man, to encourage you and ask you if you've done this, because I don't do it. And the times that I do, every time I'm like, because ah. I've had this conviction, actually. It's weird you bring this up for a couple weeks. I haven't even necessarily told you guys. Mm-hmm. And I keep telling myself I'm going to do what I'm suggesting to you, and I don't do it. So pot calling a kettle black here. But <laughs> when I look at Jesus, what I notice is, how did he do it? Well, clearly there were little signs of moments he probably felt it, like the time he said, how long do I have to deal with you guys? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it says that he always made time to go alone and pray. Like, I mean, dude, it's actually weird if you look at the Gospels and just on paper, it's like healing, healing, Jesus goes by himself, runs off. Healing, healing, Jesus goes, hides by himself. Healing, healing, yeah. Jesus literally goes out on a boat and gets this, like, I can't, I got to get away. Yep. So there's these moments he takes. Where it's just him and God. And, and you know, we always view it as like every single moment he's going, oh, God, Father. You know, that's him praying. I, I mean, certainly he's praying. Yeah. Also, it tells us about prayer. Prayer is not just this constant, like, hallowed, Lord. Like, he's probably just talking to the Father. But I think there's times he just went, <sighs> you know, I got to breathe. Father, like, it might have been as simple as like, I am struggling. I am tired. I need you to give me that energy I don't have, you know, to to be able to rest for a moment. Mm. So to encourage you, man, you know, making time for those little moments even to, to quote, get away. That's, and I'll tell you this, go ahead. Sorry. I I just want to answer that. Like, that's definitely something I got, I got to work on myself too. Like, because I think I find myself feeling guilty yep, for wanting here. to go away from same people here. or like, or you don't want to like, someone always needs you right at that moment and you mm-hmm. don't want to miss it. Right. So I get that. The other thing too, and this is something I, to challenge you a little. Okay. So, Clearly, it's interesting that he always goes out in the wilderness. Every time. If you look and see, every time he goes alone, he is out in the wilderness, whether it's on a lake and a hill. To find his heart. And so, honestly, man, so the other day, accidentally, now that I think about this, this is weird. I think God has 
had me do this and I didn't know I was doing it. This happened yesterday. So last week we meet with a group of friends and play a game like almost every Sunday. Yeah. And um, part of the Lionheart Challenge is also for guys to exercise 10 minutes a day. I know it seems low, but for a lot of guys, that's hard to get in the habit of doing that. I exercise genuinely about five to seven times a week. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's not been much for me. But that day, I had this moment where I didn't have time yet. I'd been running to wedding, a, a wedding that was far away, dealing with some issues in a church, and I hadn't had a chance to work out that day. Yeah. So I got, um, we were getting ready. To, I had plans with you and some other friends. So I decided, okay, well, I still got to honor this group. I'm going to go out and walk 10 minutes around our property. We've got a big field. So I did. It's awesome. And I didn't, but, but it wasn't for, but dude, I felt better. And yesterday, you know this, supposed to meet at the gym we're kind of running around it is my day off mm-hmm. but i'm running around and i go outside to head to the gym and realize that i had locked my keys inside the tr- inside the church so i'm walking around every every door trying to get in because i don't <laughs> want to call you guys you're already at the gym <laughs> so i'm at the at the gym i mean at the church walking around can't get in and I ended up texting you. It took a little bit. Well, first off, there was a time, like I said, I was stubborn and tried to figure it out myself. <laughs> but, dude, the entire time I'm outside, and then I just I had nowhere to go, so I went and sat on the little hill over here. And I can't tell you, man, it was, like, so awesome and so refreshing. And it's like God kind of made me. So all that rambling to say, you know, I'm with you, man. I think there's something about even taking a walk sometimes by yourself to breathe, you know. Yeah, man. And, and something about being in nature, you know, God's creation. He created I don't know, man. It is different sometimes. It's quiet, right? There's quiet. And even in New York City, man, you can go find a park and walk around for a minute. And I, listen, this isn't like a command. God's not like, if you don't go into the wilderness, he's angry. You can find that in your room, too. Mm-hmm. But I do think there's something about that, man, that's from experience now that is pretty refreshing. Yes. Well, and that's that's kind of why I said, like, you know, while you're talking, I kind of got a little smile on my face because, you know, you're, like, you're talking about going out in the wilderness, you know, and you know, book that I'm re you know, I'm reading again is Wild at Heart and it's cool because I'm like you said, like, you know, you've challenged me before, like, did you actually read it? And I don't think I did. So if anything, this is like my first true reading of this book and like you know, that's what John Eldridge talks about. You know, he goes, you know, every man goes to the wilderness to find his heart, whether they think they need to or not. And dude, like even like Jesus, like like when you're talking about that, I was like, it makes so much sense. There he is going out all these places just to find his heart, man. Yeah, and to remember what his heart is. That's right. It's so cool. Well, thanks for sharing that stuff, man. Like, yeah, thank you. you it, yeah, Drastic. a lot of crazy stuff have happened here in the last. So, <laughs> so Tim, you know, one of our friends, Tim, he's a leader in our church. He's in Alaska. Yeah. Shout out Tim. He probably won't ever listen to this um, since he's gone. But if you do, man, we miss you. Yeah. But uh, he was he was messaging me these pictures from Alaska, which it looks like a painting. Doesn't look like this place can be real. It's incredible. Oh wow. Um, but also I told him, so he kind of shared that. I was like, dude, this is so cool. Thank you for sharing this. And he even had this cool moment where he was, they thought they lost Jill's wallet, his wife. Um, and so they went back to the spot they found it. And someone had written randomly. It's just a cool little moment what? that said, I love Jesus. It was just written on the ground. Yeah, in Alaska. And I was like, boy, that gave me goosebumps. Just kind of a cool thing because they were discouraged and worried. But I told him, I go, yeah, man, thanks for sharing. I said, we also have had a lot of crazy things happen in the last <laughs> Four to five days. Yeah, man. I can't wait to tell you about. And he's like, oh boy. And I'm like, yeah. Because, I mean, it, it feels like that since Friday, really, right? Like last Friday, this past Friday. I think so, yeah. It's, it's just been, been wild. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's cool. But it is, like you said, what's neat is that 
we get we get to do this. That's right. We get um, to, and it's so beautiful. I I said Saturday because we had a situation happen, crazy situation again. Like it just, dude. People literally show up at this church, and they all every time. I know you all out there saying, "Oh, this is just trying to sound." No, man. It's I keep saying it's coincidence too, but they keep showing up this church. People in need, people struggling with addictions, and they we say, well, "How'd you hear about us?" Like I didn't. I just felt like I was supposed to come this way. All right, this dude. We're <laughs> looking true, out the window, man. and if he's out there, shout out to. Chad, right? Oh, yep, Chad. Yeah, no, see his last name. It's yeah, rude. Yeah. Shout out to Chad. So we had a guy, cool guy, pretty transparent. And I saw him. I was looking out the window. We happened to be here at a three o'clock on a Saturday because mm-hmm. we're weirdos. You know, most churches probably aren't doing anything, which mm-hmm. we probably shouldn't have. Um, anyway, this this guy, I see him sprinting across the road <laughs> towards us, and I looked at yes. you guys and I was like, "This dude is coming." Like, oh, maybe he's going. No, dude, I'm watching him. He yeah. is sprinting a dead sprint. Took some long story short, really cool. He was in need, struggling. Was really transparent. AJ went out to meet with him first, and you know the guy falls on his knees even in front of AJ. Powerful picture, and then yeah. you know I, I took some pictures of that PS. Not that moment, but like, mm-hmm. it was pretty powerful. Seeing this, you sitting with him, and we got to minister, minister to this guy, get to know him, love on him. Uh, you guys gave him a ride to a different town, so it was a cool moment. Yeah, it was one of those things where like we literally sat there because we'd had this happen again. Just. It's like this play, it sometimes feels like we are literally following, physically following Jesus, just meeting people on the road, Mm -hmm. right? Um, It's insane, man. Which I think is for everyone. I think everyone out there, guys, we can live a faith that is is vibrant and real and like, and I believe Jesus wants to, God wants us to have these moments as we go, but we've got to be willing to do different things if you want a different, vibrant, real faith. That's right. Journey, right? I really do believe that. I, um, yeah, man, you're right. Like, a lot of the stuff that's happened has happened because we're here living church during, quote, non-church hours, non-business hours. Yeah. Right? There's like Think about it. The, if you really think about it, almost all of them have happened on outside, a, of, outside of what hours. would be normal hours. Yep. And I get it. It's not to shame people that can't do that. But, like, you listen, you don't tell God or the kingdom— when he can have divine appointments. He doesn't yeah, fit your right. calendar. That's right. right? You just got to be willing to say, all right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So that's kind of cool. That reminds me of, you know, a girl who I went, uh, it was cool. I graduated with her. She she moved to my town in third grade. And then she she was, you know, stayed in town and, and her dad's a pastor. Um, mm. And I remember I saw her. I was in town. I was in Rochester. And uh, I saw her running because she was a cross-country runner at the time. And so she still runs. And I saw her running, so I messaged her. I was like, hey, uh, you know, I'm in town. and Because I, I knew she was a Christian, and she didn't know I was a Christian. So it was super cool. So I, I went and got food with her. Uh, and I got to tell her, like, hey, like, I'm a believer now. I'm a Christian. And, you know, and it was so cool. We had such a cool conversation. But one of the coolest things she said was, and it kind of relates to this, is she said, you know, I feel like that if you're not feeling like you're on some sort of adventure in life, like, what are you doing? How are you following Jesus? Yeah. And I was like, whoa, yeah. truth train. And that stuck with me. So, that, you know, super cool, man. And I, it fits with that perfectly. Yeah, so those of you listening, do you feel like you're on that journey? You know, and things ebb and flow. Sometimes it's, it is the day-to-day. But I'm telling you, I believe this. You know, if you want to follow him, you want to follow him into some things. You want to see, you want to really meet people along the way. Like, you can, if you're willing. You know, ask for it and be open to those opportunities. The Holy mm. Spirit is real. And we, we hide too much. From the supernatural aspect of Christianity, you know, God told us, you know, I'm going to empower you with this spirit and I'm going to, it's going to counsel you and guide you and empower you. And mm. so if you guys are out there and you feel like your faith is boring, 
you know, feel free. You're going to have moments like that, by the way, right? Yep. Because lie, that's human nature. But I, I will tell you, even in the last, how long has it been? A month since I told you guys, I've, I'm like, I've decided to just act like I'm literally. Yeah, it's probably been a month or so, yeah. And I've seen it. My faith has been different since I've been like, hey, Jesus, I'm still following you. What do you want me to do here? Do I go talk to this guy right now? Mm-hmm. Yes. Instead of going, well, is that my mind? Or I just like, oh, I'm going to go do it and see what happens. <clears throat> and when you pray things like bring people in droves, bring the people that they don't want, bring the hurting and the broken, let me interact with them. Let me show you that he'll do it. He will <laughs> he will do it. He like kind of like what you know, I know Clint was talking earlier about being a way maker. I mean, he will find a way to bring it to you. It's true. It's scary sometimes. I mean, we've had some of those. <laughs> yeah. We've definitely had some of the scary ones. Yeah, happen. man. And you know what's cool, man? And this is why I love our church, man. I love all you guys. Is like we've had, you know, you guys have, who've been listening or been around, like we've had scary times because of how we do things. You know, we've yeah. had scary things happen, but like we don't let it dictate how we keep being <clears throat> radical in that. Yeah. And there's churches all over the world, man, that just have crazy things happen. Yeah. I remember I told that story before. There's a book called Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire about the Brooklyn something tabernacle. Believe it or not, a nomination, big church in like an old New York building or Brooklyn, whatever, Brooklyn. And their store is crazy, man, because they pray. And the, the things that have happened there and the way God's used them, because they have a culture of prayer and prayer is just talking to God and asking him and saying, Hey, I'm ready. I'm willing show me. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Yeah, man. Anyway, kind of a bit of a rambling, <laughs> but, uh, you know, moving on from, cause that was a good conversation, but to how you, you, my friend, are, yeah. how are you doing? <clears throat> I'm doing okay. I don't want to take too much time. Cause I, I did get to share last week. Uh, I'm trying to think of <sighs> big things that are like, what kind of where I'm at. I think a lot of it we just touched on. Mm-hmm. Certainly I have my own things I'm wrestling with. You know, I don't think I'm necessarily going to bring those up today mm-hmm. because they're usually a lot of the same things. I'm really fat. I'll tell you this. I've said it a hundred times. You guys are probably bored, but I'm telling you, it's my every day. And you know, you guys know this off camera. <clears throat> I'm fascinated by the application of our faith in day-to-day life and kind of holding God to his promises and what that has, what that means. I feel like I'm on this like journey where I'm saying, okay, you said to do this and this would happen. So I'm going to do it. Show me. Um, and asking the tough questions about our faith and asking questions about why we do things. I'm so, I feel like there's this wall in Christianity that we've built among, between ourselves. Mm-hmm. And particularly within uh, professional, like ministry as a job, like pastors and and I think pastors have a really hard job in this country, okay? Hmm. They just do so much discouragement and so much, um, you know, bad publicity and so many people doubt in their hearts because they have to. I, I told you guys I heard an interview where a, a pastor, a former pastor at the time said, you know, there's a misconception. He goes, a pastor is not a chaplain. He's mm-hmm. not there just to make you feel better. He said, a pastor is a shepherd. What does that look like? Mm. But I, I, I think some of it is... We've created ourselves some of that hardship because we've created these walls that we say, well, this is how you do things. And if you don't get in line, then you get questioned. And we don't like to be questioned, right? It's like anything else. Well, you're not doing it this way, so you must not be on the team. And, uh, you know, the danger in that is you're creating another pharisaical priesthood. And I don't think that's the way it's supposed to be. And so even myself, I get scared sometimes to share my heart or to push into those areas 
because um, that's not how it's done. Hmm. And I'm not blaming anyone. I hope people hear my heart. So I'm really fascinated lately with what does it look like to say, why is that wall there? Like, why? Why do mm-hmm. we do that? <clears throat> um, you know, why do, why do we feel as Christians or Christian leaders, why do we feel like we can't talk about these things? Why do we feel like it's taboo to ask these questions? Why do we feel like, why are we always on the guard? Why are we so willing? We've said this before that we're so afraid of wolves in sheep's clothing that we will kill or throw out sheep, right? It's almost like, well, I'd rather throw out sheep. Maybe I'm wrong and throw out a sheep than take a chance of a, of a wolf living amongst us. And mm-hmm. so it's like we're look. I honestly feel like there's this culture within Christianity of like we want to, to prove someone to not be a believer. It's like we, odd. It is, man. And I don't think it's like, again... I have to believe a lot of our hearts, like I said, pastors are in a tough spot, particularly if they're in a, you know, there's certainly beautiful benefits to denominations, right? You get accountability and outside accountability and there's years of like learning how to do things and there's support for each other. But I think one of the dangers sometimes can be each denomination has its own culture that is probably good and set on a solid foundation, but that they've created, there's man-made walls they've created too, which by the way, aren't wrong to have them, but they're wrong when we, in the words of Jesus, teach as the, uh, we teach as the law, essentially paraphrasing, but we teach as the law of, we teach the doctrines of men as the law of God. Mm -hmm. And I think that gets scary because then it creates this fear and it's like, well, I can't look this way. And, and then I can't look like that. And, you know, I can't believe this guy, gets frustrated, you know, I don't know, man. So, so I'm really fascinated by that because I, I said, I certainly want to keep all the things that are good that years of church fathers have taught us about being pastors and leaders. I want to keep that and there's honor in that. Yeah. But I also want to challenge the things that maybe aren't as good. Yeah, man. Um, and and typically I get challenged. I had a pastor, a good pastor friend say, you know, Todd, it can be, it can come across as arrogant, you know, not the, the, the you, you know, the kind of things you're saying could come across as arrogant. And I know his heart. He wasn't saying I was arrogant. Yeah. But I kind of said to him, I was like, well, isn't it sort of arrogant to say that the only way to avoid arrogance is to be a denominational church and to do these things? Like, to me, it's kind of the other way around, too. But, you know, so I definitely take that warning. I never want to be arrogant. I always want to learn in humility and grace and like, yeah, and to learn from older men who are fathers in the faith to me. Um, but I also, boy, I don't know. I don't want to accept things that aren't good, right? Things that create secrets, things that create this idea that we can't struggle, we being Christian leaders, can't struggle with the same things that, quote, lay people do, you know, congregational members, because they do. Yeah. Like, you're not, I'm sorry, man. They're probably No, there probably are pastors out there. Listen, I, I know there are pastors out there who I've, by the grace of God, do not struggle with a lot of the things maybe some men struggle with. I get it. It's, And I think it's possible. Yeah. But I think there's beauty in showing the journey. Absolutely. Does that make sense? Yeah. But but it's not just Christian pastors, okay? Because I've, I've considered this. We've also created that within Christianity as a whole because pastors aren't given the freedom to confess sometimes. Because if they do, you, we got to look at this for real. I had this thought yesterday. So I was thinking about pastors sometimes and why they – Keep the walls up. So this is me speaking for my brothers who are in maybe trapped behind walls sometimes. Well, let's look at what they lose. Well, why aren't they real? Well, dude, here's the thing. If a pastor shares a real 
maybe a struggle, maybe a sin issue. Maybe it's not even like an addiction, but he's like, I could see myself struggling with this. And we always think lust. That could be one, but it could be like, man, I, I love money. Or like, hey, I'm starting to wonder if I'm drinking too much. I go home at night, now I'm having mm-hmm. a little too much. Well, the first thing that happens 90% of the time is they're removed from their job. The, the, the best case scenario, they're given opportunities to like, like <laughs> be at the church, but not get paid and mm-hmm. not, you know, they, this is their livelihood. You know, they've got families. Yeah. So if I'm sitting there and, you know, I got a family to feed and all of a sudden it's like, if I share this, even though it's probably right, I could lose my job. I want yep. you to consider that those of you out there that were like, why aren't pastors real? I want you to consider that you could lose your job for admitting that I looked at porn this morning. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. It's wrong. I want to tell you. Or I, I drank too much last night. Mm-hmm. Like I was at a barbecue and I feel convicted because I think I crossed the threshold of drunkenness. And you lose your job. You ain't going to lose your job at the bank or at Walmart or anywhere else for saying that. But these guys live in a position that to mm-hmm. honestly, to be human to a degree, to admit that I'm a sinner saved by grace sometimes can cost them and their family, you know, cost them food on their family's table. That's it's, it's so complete it, insanity. It, so really. it's seen, you know, we can sit here in, in our glass houses and throw stones and say, you should be real. And why aren't pastors this way? Well, why don't you live like that? Mm-hmm. That's a scary place to be, man. You know, it's like a life of walking on eggshells. That's a great way to put it's it. Entire so, life of it. So, like, I don't know. So it's both sides, you know. I think pastors, man, in in this country, they're in a tough spot. They are in a tough, yeah, tough man, spot. I agree. The question is, you know, we just the challenge I think for pastors is: Are you willing to continue to share that and show that in order for freedom for the good for the true hurting people in your congregation, the people who need to know the freedom of confession and see it in your example, for instance, yeah. or not even confession of sin. Sometimes it's just like it being human. Yeah. Um, are you willing to obey God and follow, even if it could cost you that? So that's the hard man. part, right? And I'm not I'm not ju- sitting in judgment of that because right. clearly I feel that pressure even. Yeah, and like know? what is a testimony without that, you know? Yeah. Like do we just think like, do we just think that pastors are just like, born into the position of like, here, here's this perfect being. Like, I think they do, right? I think that's a lie. And it's like, that's not it, man. Like, there's a testimony behind how, like, you're a pastor. There's a testimony. I still don't even like the word, if I'm honest. Yeah. Go ahead, yeah. But, you know, like, there is a testimony behind that, you know, and every testimony has, you know, that that struggle of yeah. why you, you know, you probably think, oh, I shouldn't be here, but here I am anyway. That's the mm-hmm. testimony, like... So. And God bless the pastors out there. I'm not saying every pastor has a dark secret. That's sure. not what I'm saying. But I, I'll tell you this, even, you know, I know brothers, dear brothers right now, who probably don't have any of those, quote, quote, big struggles. But they also can't even, like, have a bad day, you know, the pressure to even have a bad day because, look at his bad attitude. He's mm-hmm. not filled with the spirit. Okay, Edna, like, <laughs> you've been angry, you know, for six months, constantly comparing and you everybody avoids you at church because you're always in a bad mood <laughs> um and you don't let anyone touch the piano because that's my piano is that the christian karen edna yeah that's good there you go christian christian karen anyway that's kind of where i'm at um thanks for sharing man yeah dude and, and i i always has i just want people to know i promise you promise you i have a lot of flaws i'm not saying there are moments that i'm arrogant like in my confidence, first of all, I'm not confident all the time. 
Um, I told someone the other day, I was like, sometimes what people view as confidence in me is literally just obedience. <laughs> like, I don't actually think I can do these things. I just say, God told me to. So, okay. Like, I know. I, they're like, you shouldn't do this. You're terrible. I'm like, I know. That's the problem. <laughs> you can know. see my predicament. Like, because he still told me to do it. So, <laughs> um, so I don't see any of that with arrogance, but that's where I'm really at, man. And if you're a pastor out there by chance who listens to this show, which probably far and few, few and far between because, you know, you're not allowed to support other churches because that's rivalry. Um, and see, I'm sarcastic. But to encourage you, man, keep keep doing it because it's a beautiful thing to see you serve when I know it's hard. Yes. Um, so anyway, that's kind of where I'm at, man. I'm sure there's other things I'm not remembering. But a couple things to bring up, I think, before we close up the show today. So two topics. One is a topic that Fun Turn sort of sent us. Yeah. Unfortunately, once again, it's going to revolve around kind of LGBTQ. But again, it's hear us out there if you're a one of those people, right? Um, we are not hating you. No. We're, I don't even, like, I feel like I shouldn't have to say this. Because if, you, if you're a long-time listener to the show, you know one thing we are not is just cruel haters. Um, but I think this story is a bigger issue. And for us, it's always going, okay, well, what's next? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so do you have it? You want to read the, uh, well, not that That's one. not the right one. If you don't have it, I can read it. I just feel like they're probably tired of hearing my voice. Here we go. It's loading right now. Sorry, guys. <laughs> this is why you guys have to hear from me all the time. Because I am the paranoid one who always has things ready. It's true. And I am the one that's like, hey, let's do a show. I'm That's like, not <laughs> <man>. <laughs> no prep. Okay, here we I'm, go. That's, That's not the, it. Oh, yeah, it is. Okay, that is it. Yep. My bad. So the, the title of this article, it's from ChristianToday.com, is Will We Soon See Pastors Prosecuted for Saying the Lord's Prayer? Kind of give them sort of the first. Mm-hmm. So it says, uh, so this is an LGBT campaigner named Jane Ozan. I think the first sense is pretty powerful, okay? So just read that, because that sort of sets out the rest. Uh, if Yes, so if leading LGBT campaigner Jane Ozen could get her way, Christian pastors would be banned from saying the Lord's Prayer with same-sex attracted people. So again, you said it super fast, but if this, this reformer, this activist, has her way, these pastors will no longer be able to Pray the Lord's Prayer with what? With same-sex attracted people. Okay. And so, just so you guys understand, um, the gist of that is, okay, so give you like, well, how does that apply to us? We're not just talking about like a pastor randomly walking up to someone in a pride parade and praying this. By the way, they should have the freedom to do that too. We're, they give the example of, say someone in a, your this pastor's church comes up to them and says, I am experiencing same-sex attraction, which mm-hmm. is entirely possible. I believe the other person feels attracted to me, but I don't want to sin in the eyes of God. I want to, you know, so they come to their pastor for prayer and all that. Right. Well, in this case, they're saying even then, say the pastor wanted to pray to and pray the Lord's Prayer, and at the end, they say the, that, that line, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Mm-hmm. Right? For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. They can't do that. Because in saying that someone, in praying for God to help them with their temptation, and using that phrase, and deliver us from evil, we are shaming them mm-hmm. and damaging them by doing that. So even if they've come to a pastor for that, 
We aren't allowed to pray that because it can be, we're not affirming them and we're damaging them. So where that gets really dangerous for obvious reasons, okay? By the way, even if you are someone listening to this and you're not a Christian, you should be concerned about this because I've always, we've said this for a long time here. The issue here is where does it stop? Exactly. Where yeah. does it where stop does where your drawn? freedom is no longer, you know, where you're not allowed to think or say? So I'm going to go on. Miss Ozan is a member of the Church of England's governing body, the General Synod. She was on the government's LGBT advisory panel, but she resigned in March, claiming the government was creating a, quote, hostile environment for LGBT people. Mm-hmm. Yet the conservative government has complied with her wishes by announcing in the Queen's speech in May that it plans to ban gay conversion therapy. P.S. This is important for people. Gay conversion therapy sounds like a parent or like a person. I go up, Pastor Todd comes up, and I grab someone struggling with homosexuality. I put a rope around them, blindfold them, put a hood over the head, and then throw them in this dark dungeon where they're electroshock therapied mm-hmm. for months until they're no longer gay, right? Mm-hmm. That's typically not what these are. These are things where, for instance, you might say, I'm struggling with same-sex uh, you know, attraction. I don't want to do that. I feel like I've given in a few times and it's it's gotten stronger. So I'm going to go to this place and they're mm-hmm. going to help me, right? And what happens is because there are places out there that have done it poorly and sinfully, they're applying that's everywhere. So right. anyway, um, she wants to go on. She, however, wants the government to also ban pastors from, quote, gentle, non-coercive prayer and counseling. Um, so her quote is all prayer that seeks to change or suppress someone's innate sexuality or gender identity is deeply damaging and causes immeasurable harm as it comes from a place, no matter how well meaning that says who you are is unacceptable and wrong. Um, so a person could be prosecuted under the following scenario. I already, it's the exact scenario I gave you yep. um, because they say the final petition of the Lord's prayer, the one that says, lead us not to temptation, believers to evil, but delivers from evil could be seen as, quote, praying the gay away. Therefore, we can assume that a pastor who prayed with Christian love in his heart could now face punishment under the draconian law this woman favors. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's crazy. Yes, it's absolutely <laughs> uh, insane. And I, I think the problem and what you see in the, the heart of the world is in that sentence that says, it's telling them that innately who they are isn't acceptable. That's the crux of Christianity. Who I am in my flesh, my sinful desires that don't align with God's aren't acceptable. And we, That's right. we don't we want to put those to death in our hearts. And now you're trying because what's the next step? You can't talk about sin at all. You can't say someone's committing sin because that's damaging to their well-being. That's right. That hurts their feelings. So uh, man, just another symbol. It's like every day we're seeing this show up more and more. This idea of rejection, even even more blatant rejection of God's law. Now, what concerns me here, we've had that for years. Now, there are so-called, quote, professing Christians, end quote, who are trying to redefine what Jesus himself tells us, Mm -hmm. right? What the Bible says. And that's where, why we keep bringing it up lately, because it's everywhere. And you guys need to be aware if you're a Christian listening. You need to be aware of how these, you're like right now going, well, it doesn't really affect me. Mm -hmm. You know, is it a really, it is a big deal. Because now they're dictating how we can talk to God, how we can pray for people. You understand how crazy that is. And if you are a non-Christian who just cares about freedom, you should care that someone out there, whether you believe in God or not, is trying to tell someone how they can pray. That's insane. You talk about taking away freedoms. Like, yeah. I mean, jeez. I don't know, man. It's just, like you said, it's just complete chaos. 
In the final days, there will be people that reject truth and multiply teachers that tell them what their itching ears want to hear. You know, yep. I believe Timothy, Titus talks about that, right? Um, the Bible talks about that. And that's a warning for us. And I think we're seeing it clear as day. What's scaring me, I don't know about you guys, but it feels like a ball that's rolling down a hill really, really fast. Oh, it's snowballing. Like a, like, I mean, honestly, even yes. in the last two years, I think it's, it's gotten crazier. Am I wrong here? Oh, it's gotten creepy. Like yeah. it's gotten to a point where like it's taken the, the it has taken such a leap. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah. It's and now been, it's almost like no slowing it down. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. You, a, it feels like an unstoppable. It's it either feels like we're getting to a pitching point mm-hmm. where something's going to point, happen yeah. and it's going to go Tip. over a cliff mm-hmm. and everything's going to get real crazy real fast, or this giant boulder Indiana Jones style is rolling down a hill and we're standing there trying to put up like a small barricade of wood and it's about to blast right through that little barricade. Yeah, man, you're right. So what do we do with that? Because we kind of started the show by saying how's that affect? You need to stand for truth in your day-to-day moments. You know, when you hear people say this just in your friend groups, like challenge that. Challenge what they're actually saying. If you have friends that aren't believers even who are like saying this is like, you know, Explain to them what that could mean in the future. Because then what happens if the government says, hey, you can't say anything bad about the government because that creates um, civil uh, disorder. <laughs> like, right? Eventually, it's going to affect everyone. Also, I would encourage you to practice standing up for your faith in the small things because, Lord forbid, you in the next few years, you may have to stand up in a big way. Yep. You know, And if you'll deny Jesus in the little things, you certainly will in the big things. <laughs> that's That's my thought on it. I I couldn't agree anymore, man. I think you're right. You know, I think this is gonna this is gonna hit a lot of people harder than they're even expecting. Mm-hmm. You know, who are claiming to be Christians. You know, they think that. You know, they feel persecuted right now. You know, based upon what's happening, like you said, give it a couple of years, man. I it it could get pretty intense, pretty intense, pretty quick. You know. I know we were looking through stuff earlier and, you know, people, people don't tend to, I think people tend to gloss over what's already happening in the world. You know, mm-hmm. there is Christian pastors in other countries that die all the time just from what they believe. Just for preaching the gospel. It just you, happened. You yep, just told us about yeah, it. Yeah, I just, I just read one about a guy in Uganda who got, he just got killed on the side of the road. <laughs> just walking and boom, got killed because he was a Christian. You know, and for some reason, I think this is where we be, you know, you know, being in America, you know, thankful for our freedom, but I think we take that for granted a lot. We're very spoiled in, in, in today's Americanized church. You know, I think that we just think it's impossible for that to happen to us. We don't even think about it because we're like, there's no way that that'll ever happen to us. But like, <laughs> you guys may want to open your eyes because, you know, you don't know what could be around the corner or what's coming. And I think that this is going to show where you really are at in your faith. You know, we talked about even like when COVID first happened, how that was going to like really wake people up to where they're at in their faith. You know, you know, you thought that was bad. Like, just wait. You know, I think it, you know, based upon how this is continuing to go on, give it, like you said, give it a year, a year or two. You know, you don't know where we could be. And you need to be ready for that in the best way you possibly can, you know, because I don't think you can ever fully be ready for something like that. But, you know, it's definitely going to show who really does believe in Jesus. 
That's that's for sure. Yeah, man, it makes me scared. I don't know. You know, everybody claims, you know, I hope I will. I hope I stand firm, right? <sighs> All right, cool. Hey, I want to – so anyway, guys, think through that. Check that stuff out. Be aware of what's going on in the world. And in, yeah. and, and the ways that you can stand to that is, is being love, speaking truth and love amongst your people now, right, and letting them know. Um, it's actually kind of what – this will be a good segue into this question. So today – at the very beginning of this show, actually right before we filmed, I didn't even tell you guys, I got a question from someone in our congregation, a young okay. lady who I really admire because she's been here, going here for a while, but I really admire her because she is just honest about her faith journey, where she's at, and asks questions that, you know, people, I think, there's tons of people in the church that have this exact question. They've been Christians their whole life, but don't know the answer to what I'm about to say. And sometimes I think the reason they don't ask is because it may seem simple, but you know, it's the crux of Christianity in a way, but a lot of people don't really want to learn it. And I think it actually goes with this because, listen, the point of, you know, I don't know. It, we've always said this. We're not going to tell my first conversation with an LGBTQ whatever um, seeker, meaning someone coming to me wanting to know about Christianity and yeah. God is not going to be about their sexuality. Right? It, it's going to be about the gospel. And, and their predicament, our predicament is humanity without God, that we are sin-filled, hell-bound, uh, you know, all of that. We are lost. That's right. right. So that's the heart of everything, right, guys? Listen to this question. I hope she's okay with me sharing because I was going to answer it after. I'm probably just going to say, hey, check it out because I answered your question in the show. I'm <laughs> say her name. Nice. She says this. She says, so it's kind of a real talk question, actually. I'm going to ask. Pretty cool. Hey, Todd, totally random, <clears throat> but I work with a bunch of people. Not many of them are Christians. Some of them are not so great people. But there is this one girl here. She's a mom. I was wondering if she's a good person and she lives a normal life but doesn't accept God, but she's still such a good person and her morals actually follow biblical morals, but she doesn't actually accept God. Do they die if, if she dies and would she go to hell? Yeah. So do they die and go to hell too? So incredibly random, random, but I was just wondering on that. Now listen, on the surface, <clears throat> you and I might go, you know, again, I know this, I believe this girl's heart, I believe she's a believer, but this mm -hmm. is something that like has become, we don't say often enough, we assume everyone knows this, mm -hmm. right? So... <clears throat> How would you answer this question? So she, uh, paraphrasing, hey, I work with a lot of people, and a lot of them aren't good people, but there's this one girl, this woman, that she is a good person. She is kind and loving and generous and honestly shows Jesus in a lot of ways, but she is not a Christian. She's never accepted Christ. She wouldn't call herself a Christian. If she dies, will she go to hell? Will she be eternally separated from God? I would ask if she's heard the gospel first, foremost. Like, like has she heard what the gospel? What if she hasn't? Then if she, would I, it doesn't matter. Like I, this is important, and maybe even for you and me right now. Mm -hmm. That's right now. That's not the question. She asked if this woman, she already knows she's not a Christian. She says mm -hmm. I'm not a Christian, but in every way she acts, she acts like a Christian as much as anyone else. Is she going to heaven? Is she? Is she or is she going to hell? No, if she dies, she's going to hell. Okay. That's because she's never accepted Christ. Okay. <clears throat> so here's the thing. Why did you start with asking that question? Where you said, "Has she heard the gospel?" Mm -hmm. Uh, <clears throat> How did I, that matter in your mind? I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just trying to. 
I think about like, because I know I've heard people ask questions before, like, what about all the kids that are like, you know, in the tribes that are across the world that have never. So heard you were gonna just get rid of like one of the excuses right off the bat, because you're gonna say she's had the opportunity. Yes, I was okay. thinking. You like, were skipping especially, ahead. especially if she is like a woman in America, she's probably heard the gospel some sort of can't in some sort of sense. But I would still ask the question. You no, know, and the reality is, it doesn't matter if they've heard the gospel. We are without excuse, mm-hmm. right? The Bible says that meaning, and and we leave that to God. You know, people are going are called to respond to what they're told, mm-hmm. right? And I would agree with you. <clears throat> so you took it a different way, which is very interesting, and actually a very different question. And now I kind of get it, I think. I don't even think you intended to, but you sort of took it to that place of like, what if people who are good people don't accept Christ in the, you know, the jungles of wherever, right? Mm-hmm. They've never heard the gospel. You know, does that, is that fair? Well, first of all, it should motivate us to go to those places. Yeah. But secondly, I don't know. You know, I don't know the answer. But come back to this initial question. You would say no. Oh, yeah, definitely not going to heaven. Clint? No. No, she, that, that woman's going to go to hell if she dies. It, there are good people in this world, but mm-hmm. if they don't know Christ and they haven't accepted him, you're going to go to hell. Like, That's right. Good, our, our best works are still filthy rags compared to him. That's so right. at the end of the day, you can be good. You can be as good as you can have the outside and everything super polished, super looking nice, but still at the end of the day, without him... There's there's no connection to God. There's there's no salvation. There's sadly, yeah, I I agree, man. Like there's no, you know, it doesn't say to be a good person. It says to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Yeah, the, there's a reason that the Rome. Uh, there's you know, I didn't grow up in this either, and I don't even. But there's a thing in Christianity called the Romans Road, right? You kind of use that to lead people through the gospel of what mm-hmm. it actually is, and there's some truth to that. So I'm going to answer that with with the Bible, okay? Okay, with just verses, and then I'll explain it. You ready? Yep. So I'm going to tell a story here. This is not the official Romans Road. I don't know. wasn't trained in it. I, I know typically what it is, but this is just some verses. So, all right, first of all, we see this. Romans 3.23 tells us that, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, meaning every person. That's okay. right. Romans 6.23 then tells us, I'm sorry, let's go to, Romans 5.12 after that. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. So we know that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We know that everyone is a sinner. It's spread to us all. And because and somehow sin is, is connected with death. Romans 6.23 tells us, for the wages of sin is death. Hmm. Okay. The other half of that verse is, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So there's a comparison here, guys. Listen, the wages meaning, okay, so let's think about it. Everyone has fallen short of the glory of God, sinned. Sin is spread through everyone, and so death has come through us all, right? That's why we all don't live forever now, like why we degrade and die. The wages of sin, meaning the punishment of sin is death. So that's the situation we're all in. And Clint already said a verse earlier, too, that's so true, right? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If you want to be with God, you have to be like God in your holiness. Because we've all sinned and fallen short, we are separated from him. It does not matter how good you are, because in comparison to a perfect holy God, it's not good enough. And listen, that's all of us. That's me. That's you. That's Clint. Yep. That's all of us. All right? Now, but then here's the good news. 
John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So that was our situation. We are doomed. That's right. Yep. Then God said, but I love you so much that I will send my son for you. What is well, what does that mean? Well, what that means is, you know, Jesus came down, he taught us how to live, and he stood in place. And this is why they call him the perfect lamb of God. You know, there was sin has always needed blood. That sounds crazy, guys. You've got to think bigger than the moment, meaning death, punishment. And before you say, Todd, that isn't that's not loving. Let's not even say murder. Let's say I come into your house, I beat you up, and I steal all of your belongings. I kick your baby in the teeth. I'm seeing something crazy, and I walk out. And then you come out, and I say, hey, sorry, I didn't know that you didn't want me to do that. Mm. It was just how I naturally felt. And so then the judge goes, okay, man, that's fine. You can go ahead and leave. That's not justice, right? We all know that. That's right. So you inherently know, if you're listening, the concept of justice, that Sometimes it doesn't matter what your intentions are because everyone can justify to themselves why they do evil. God, there has to be a standard. And so because of that, there is, there is a wage. Someone owes something, right? That's why the wages of sin is death. Listen, mm. you earned this. We earned our death, our punishment. Every poor action, everything that doesn't meet the standard, every time we weren't loving, all these things, we are all in that boat, but God came down and he gave us Jesus who taught us how to live and then became the sacrifice. He, it's called a substitution. We don't talk about, in fact, the thing I'm going to do a sermon series called Back to Basics because it's important. Nice. We read things we don't understand. The reason we call it a substitutionary atonement, it's in our official belief, by the way, Okay, is that Jesus on the cross wasn't just, he was standing in for the sins of the world, right? That's and right. We, and that's powerful and it's true, but he stood in your place, AJ, on the cross. That cross was your cross. You were the one that was to die. And he said, I will stand in his place. I will take my holiness, my clothes, give it to you, and I will take, I will take your record. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It's like if I have a, a perfect credit score, I have an 800 okay. and a million dollars, and Clint, you have a 200 are racked with debt, are about to be put in prison, I all of a sudden come up to you and say, hey, man, here's a piece of paper. This piece of paper gives you all the rights of my 800 credit score and all my money, but you got to give me yours, and I will go to jail in your place mm -hmm. because the, the, the law just says that someone has to go to jail for this. I'll do it for you. Take me, right? It's that idea we see in movies where it says, please don't kill. We all inherently understand this. Someone's about to kill the wife and the hero goes, no, 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 kill me, take me. Or the mom says, someone's about to kill the babies. No, 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 don't, they're innocent. Just, I'll kill me, kill me, take me. Yep. We know the that we accept that sometimes. That's what Jesus did. And so for your friend, doesn't matter. They probably are a good person, but that's yeah. the problem. And what we have to get out of our minds, there's no earning this. Right, man. You can't. So the beauty of the gospel is that it's for all people. And it tells us in Romans, I believe, chapter 10. I always quote it. I know the exact word. But I believe it's chapter 10. It says, if, if we confess with our lips and we believe in our heart that Jesus Christ 
is Lord and was raised from the dead, we will be saved. Bottom line is, when Jesus comes with that offer, if we're willing to take that slip of paper, that debt, that 800 credit score, and we're willing to give him ours and admit that ours is dirty. So, you see, most of us live in delusion. Mm. In, in the example, it's like Clint says, I don't have a 200 credit score. I'm not poor. I'm not only people. And he's literally in rags mm-hmm. eating out of a trash can. But because he calls it a five-course meal, he, he and we're literally going, no, man, like you're not. Mm-hmm. There has to be humility in saying, this is my situation. I am in rags. I have made mistakes that got me here. I don't deserve your 800 score, but I trust that you will do this. That would be scary, wouldn't it? You know, if in real life I came to you, Clint, the fear is, and you're really, let's say there was debtor's jail, you're going to have this fear when I trade you that paper that that night when you go home, you're still going to be afraid, like, did that really happen? You're yeah. going to still be waiting for that knock on the door of the, of the guard coming and taking you to jail. That's right. Faith is saying, even though I have that fear, I know that he, he went there for me. And the thing is, Jesus didn't stay in jail. He broke the system. He broke death. He raised from the dead so that we can know what our future is too. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Does that put it kind of simple? So beautiful heart that you have. Here's yes. my honest advice to you, friend, who asked me this question. Instead of sitting here saying to yourself, man, she is such a good person. How can God do this? Maybe you can think of it, God loves her so much, right, that he wants to save her. And the cool thing is she already has a head start. She's already loving and kind. So all she needs is to accept who Christ is. That's right. Right? A lot of people, they have a lot more stuff that they got to deal with. She's kind of ahead <laughs> of the game in their department. So friend, my dear sister who asked this question, I encourage you to go tell her and ask her, hey, it's a great lead in. You can go up and go, hey, you know what's funny? You're not a Christian, but you really act like Jesus and a Christian in a lot of ways. What makes you not? So you kind of already believe living the way he says is good. So like, why are you not a Christian? And that's a great opener to, you know, to lead you yeah. to that opportunity to tell them. And that's a big, that's a big thing that, I, you know, a lot of Christians don't understand the basics. They don't un- quote the basics. We don't talk about atonement. What did Jesus actually do? And that's why people struggle because, like, if you don't realize that you are the person in debt, that you're going to die, then you can't really understand the need for a Savior. Well, I didn't ask Jesus to die for me because I'm doing pretty good on my own. Yeah, man. That's because you don't understand your situation. You're eating out of a trash can pretending it's a five-course meal. You're playing pretend. Hmm. Or you're comparing yourself in this scenario, Clint in the trash can. He's like, well, I'm not as bad as that guy who's, like, eating uh, mud. So I'm better than him, so I must be okay. Well, that's not the standard. Nope. I'm sorry to ramble, but I think no, that's a very good, important man. question. Yes, I love that question. So, you know. Yeah, feel free to ask those kinds of questions, man. Those are the kind of real talk questions I miss sometimes. Yeah, man. I love it because people need to know, like you said. I like. I also, just side note, I like that you're going to do a series called Back to Basics. I love that. Yeah. It's really cool, man. It's kind of like the one we I just actually thought of this day before, the, before we started this, and I was um, – so this is kind of, we'll see what happens, but yeah. pray for that if you're listening. We did a similar series long ago called Translating Christianese, mm-hmm. in which we kind of took those terms like atonement, justification, explained it. Because listen, the terms aren't super important. If you can't say the fancy word, that's fine. You don't need to know substitutionary atonement, but you need to know what, you need to understand what that is, even if you don't know what it's called. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Enough rambling. I'm so sorry, guys. I know I've talked a lot the last two weeks. I feel guilty about it. I mean, doing great. I love it.
That's all I got. You got anything else? Uh, other than just thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, make sure you guys like, share, comment on it. You know, if, to those of you who are consistently doing that, I appreciate you guys so much. You guys are a big part of this ministry, and you guys are part of, you know, having people be able to hear the gospel or being able to hear some sort of positivity in social media in a time where it's much needed. So appreciate you guys so much for doing that. Um, so good to be back. I miss doing this. It was so fun today. I had a blast. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you haven't already, go ahead and like our Facebook page. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow uh, follow us on Rumble and give us a Rumble. Um, follow us on Instagram, Twitter. We you know we're everywhere. It's just at the Remnant Church CC. You'll find us somewhere, and it's on the it's on the end of this video too. So love you guys and appreciate you. Fun turn. You got anything? Don't forget to. Re- I swear I can speak English. I can't either, man. Um, don't forget to leave your reviews. Please, please. If you're on Apple Podcasts or any other app that lets you leave reviews, it really helps us on the business end of things to get people to see things. So give us a five-star review. You can say anything you like, as long as it is appropriate and it is nice. <laughs> you can tell us if you like PB&J sandwiches. We like PB&J sandwiches. So please, please do leave that review, and please do leave that rating. It would really help us. Thank you. Thanks so much, uh, Clint, because he's right. We do mm-hmm. need those. The more it's just how it is. The more ratings and the more five stars and the more like positive stuff, the right. more people want to check it out, the which makes exposure. sense, right? That's one of the first things you do is like, is this this thing like cool? Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, I got nothing else to say except hey, give us those questions and topics. You long term listeners, you real talk fam, we need you, man. I know you got those things in your head because you're so smart and you're so you're always thinking. So use the link www.theremnant.life slash real dash talk. Give us a topic. Give us a news article. Give us a thought. Give us an opinion. Give us a question about the Bible or maybe something that's going on in life. We would love to uh, to have those. Yes. That's it. We need them. Hey, we hope you guys, you guys have a great, great. I'll try that again. We hope you guys have a great day and uh, we'll see you next week, hopefully. Have a great day. God bless you.